0: hello 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 and welcome to another edition of the niner noise podcast part of the fan-sided podcast network my name is robert morrison a contributor at ninernoise.com and here with me yet again this time for the first time this season in uh, not so happy circumstances is fellow contributor akshaz jovadula akshaz uh how we doing man
1: you know i Resolved myself to not get too high or too low with regular season games anymore, because I think the 2020 season, right after the Super Bowl loss, I was super into it, and that season like fell apart so terribly. I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> like, I'm actively hurting my health by being disinvested for the regular season. But I don't, I don't lie, that was uh, a, was not fun, and I'm still not 100% over. <laughs> Happened on Sunday,
0: right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, there's it's been a, a kind of a mixed emotion thing uh, for me in a lot of ways. Like, obviously, it was bad. And the way that it ended was bad. And really, the entirety of the game was pretty like not fun to watch. And even I don't know, I'm not I'm not a Browns fan, uh, but I, you got to get the you got to get a, have a feeling that even from the Browns perspective, that you're kinda like, oof, man, like I mean I mean, I know we won, but gosh, that was ugly. Like and that that's that's the conversation we'd be having if even if if the game had ended differently, right? I think that's still the conversation we would have been having. Would have been like, well, that wasn't a whole lot of fun to watch. They got the win, but gosh, is there a lot to clean up? But um as is, um the Niners dropped their first game of the season, um, fall to five and one on the year. It's a nineteen seventeen loss to the Cleveland Browns on the road. Um, the good, the good news, if there is a silver lining of it, it's that the, uh, Philadelphia Eagles also dropped their first, uh, game of the season. So the, uh, so the city of undefeateds in the NFL is now population zero, which is good. Um, it also sort of opens things up pretty broadly though, in the NFC, because the Detroit lions are also five and one, which is like a super interesting, um, like thing to say out loud uh i mean i i was on the like the lions are going to win this division from you know throughout much of the off season but i didn't expect them to kind of get off to that good start so that's really interesting to to watch out for obviously the cowboys won on monday night football so they're four and two uh so it's it's getting a little interesting near the top of the nfc i think there's still probably a good case to be made that it's still san francisco philadelphia in some order um but you know, that's, that's how it goes. Um, I don't, I don't know. I'm, in, I'm interested to get your thoughts on, on this. I didn't, I didn't see it so much as like that, you know, sometimes these games to, 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 to lesser opponents. And unfortunately, most of the time this season save again for the Philadelphia game, it's going to make a be fairly easy to make a case that every team is a lesser opponent. And there are of course levels of that, right? But I, I don't know, this didn't this didn't strike me as like a trap game, like a, a a a team that they underestimated and they were just like, oh, wow, like they're they're sticking close to us and and they're giving us a hard time and we're not playing particularly well. I think they just they just didn't come out um, as well. They came out really well, but they didn't continue that uh, throughout throughout the entirety of the game. And um, I think this Browns defense was probably even better than we anticipated. So I don't know. The people are trying to make a big deal. Oh, there's a trap game and they fell into the trap. And it's like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It didn't feel that way to me for 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 sure.
1: I'll put I'll say half of that is true. I do think the 49ers offense really respected the Browns defense. I thought that defined a lot of how they played them. And I think you could see that when the Browns defense got some success, the Niners after McCaffrey was hurt and Debo were hurt, especially we're just not equipped to handle kind of handle that. So I do think the offense respected the Browns defense and definitely didn't overlook them. I will say, I do think the Niners defense might've been a little overconfident as they sh- <laughs> So like, and like, if yeah. we want to like, if we want to like talk about, obviously like the Browns won and we're going to talk a ton about like, exactly how the defense played and everything that goes into that. But they, I mean, heading into the game, you had the reasonable argument that, yeah, like they should be overconfident. They were playing like PJ Walker, who played like decently well, much better than I think you can give him credit for, but he didn't play like super well. Browns didn't have Nick Chubb. They didn't have Joel Petonio and yet still, you know, they were able to get a lot done. So I think that's really the main issues that, you know, I we were talking just before we started that I think I predicted that they, the Niners would score 17 points. So it wasn't that the offense necessarily played so much worse than what I thought would happen. It's that the defense I said would allow six points and they allowed 19. <laughs> right. So yeah.
0: Well, and and six of the, the they they matched the total that you anticipated. What in the last couple of minutes of the game, uh, to 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 come back and in the last inside the last four minutes they 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 scored twice. Um, and and actually it was in like a two minute span basically. They scored two field goals to to take the lead back and never relinquished it. Um, for a lot of reasons, but um, yeah, I mean I I think you're I think you're right. Um, it it does seem, and. And again, it's not like the Browns offense went out there and like lit the 49ers defense on fire. Um, you know, they they did end up with more yards than the 49ers offense, but I think that says probably a little more about the 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 49ers offense and how well it matched up against the Browns defense than the the than the reverse, right? Um, I think there's certainly some missing things in there. We one thing that we said that in the the lead up to this uh, to this game was that they did they wouldn't need Dre, Dre Greenlaw to to win this game. I think that that missing piece of this defense meant a lot more than we anticipated. Um, I think the the fact that the Browns were so successful in the running game suggested like uh, to me that was where Greenlaw it was missing the most, and him not being out there um, and them having to rely on Orn Burks and Demetrius Flanagan Fowles didn't really put them in the best position to succeed. Um, and there were, you know, parts of that defense that, that are certainly good things to look at, but then you have to look at the offense and say, okay, well, it just wasn't successful. Like they didn't, they couldn't run the ball like at all. Uh, they only ran 25 times, 108 yards. And then Brock Purdy had his easily worst game of his NFL career so far, um, you know, save for the NFC championship game, which doesn't even count. Um, and he, he, he did not play particularly well through his first interception of the season and his first interception in like four, what was it? It was a lot of throws. I don't remember what the number was, Um, but it's second all time in, in franchise history in terms of uh, throws between uh, interceptions. And it was, he was probably lucky that the number wasn't higher, but then to his great credit, when the game was on the line and they were down and they needed to get into field goal range to, to win the game, uh, he looked pretty sharp on the last drive and and was able to get the job done and then it didn't happen the way that you would have hoped but um yeah i don't know um it was it was certainly not not a fun game to watch by any stretch of the imagination um but like i said even if jake moody's field goal goes through i think we're still having a a somewhat similar conversation right like it's it it only changes it a little bit in that we were going well they played horribly and at least they won um so the only real difference there is they, they didn't win, right, to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think, you know, in football, you get lessons no matter what, but they sound, they're your lessons if you win, and they're a loss if you lose. Like, that's as simplistic as that sounds. That's the truth. Like, when you lose, you don't get to sit back and think, man, how could we have done better? What could we have done different? All that good stuff. That's not how it works. You lost. You have to, like, you got to win next week. So that, that's basically everything this week now meant is that, Will, really you got to win next week. Because, yep. you know, you alluded to the Lions at 5-1, and one, the Eagles at 5-1. and one. These are some teams that, like, at the end of the day, I think I mentioned this when we were talking about the Cowboys, the win after the Cowboys. What games they win or lose doesn't matter. How they win or lose also doesn't really matter. All that matters is that after 17 games in this regular season, they're in the best possible position to win a Super Bowl. And that means get the one seed, and that means be healthy, and that means have everything ironed out. Like make sure, you know, you're able to handle what offenses and defenses throw at you. So, in that way, it was a great game to like show, hey, like when a defense does this, we're not ready, Mm -hmm. or like, when an offense is doing this, we're not prepared right now. Yeah. Um, but it hurt, especially in getting that seeding kind of lead. So you know, you t- you'll take the fact that um that the Eagles lost. You hope that the Lions will lose a couple of their closer games. They've had the opportunity to play some not so good teams as well as the Niners have. You play mm-hmm. who's in front of you, and then you go from there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I I also think it's safe to say that this is probably the best defense the 49ers are going to see throughout the rest of the season. Um, the Eagles are probably the only other team that they're going to play that's, that you're going to go, oh, okay, well, that's pretty close. Um, but I, I think that there's a case to be made that the Eagles' defense has dropped off, not significantly, but has dropped off to a certain extent from where they were last year. And so... Um, which isn't, I mean, they're not going to run into trouble and they're not going to find other teams that are going to figure out a way to like schematically make it difficult for them. Um, but we've also seen (laughs) what happens when, when a, a pretty good defense in the, in the, the, the Cowboys who, who held the, the chargers in check last night, um, decides that they're going to focus all their attention on one area of the team. And as long as they're able to stay healthy, as you already said, then I think that they'll, they, they won't, they're not going to run into another defensive buzzsaw like this. It's just going to be like, we don't care who your players are. We're, we're just, we're taking you out. And now obviously losing uh, Devo Samuel early on the game with a shoulder injury and losing Christian McCaffrey, it, you know, he didn't actually leave the game until into the second half, but he was definitely, you know, hobbled, uh, I think, through much of the game. And then al- almost losing Trent Williams, um, who, who, man, I, he stuck out an ankle injury um, through much of the game. I mean, I was as soon as I saw him on the ground, I was like, oh, gosh, like is this this is this is where the season ends right here, like right now. And he was out for a couple plays and came back in and to his great credit played pretty well, I think. Um, but the good news is uh, all three of those players. Seem to be good to go. Like uh, Debo Debo's shoulder injury doesn't seem to be anything serious or long term. McCaffrey had an ab adductor injury. That's always very difficult to to talk about an adductor thing. Had an MRI today, and it wasn't there wasn't anything structural or rib related. Apparently, it's just it'll just be down to how much pain can he uh, sort of work through. Uh, and then Trent Williams just it, you know he was fine and seems to be good to go. They're all kind of day to day. I'd imagine none of them practice too terribly much this week with the eye of getting them ready for Monday night football. But that's, I guess, good news that even though they kind of got beat around and it looked like they were kind of dropping like flies that in the end, the three big guys that they needed to, uh, they missed uh, terribly, or at least the two of them on Sunday are hopefully not going to be long-term injuries.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, The best news, I think, even if I do think they should start being a little smarter, probably with how they play Um, Debo and McCaffrey, especially at this point, I think it's time to not really rein him in, but definitely cut his workload more. I think Mason has really shown that he can be that good second running back that you need, and instead of just having him be a quick change of pace a different flavor you really let him get more runs in and actually like get McCaffrey some rest limit his touches but that's the one thing you can ask for because you know the one thing that's derailed the 49ers every year from 2019 on is injuries mm-hmm. there's a case to be made not to like you know relitigate the past essentially <laughs> that if Weston Richburg doesn't get hurt way back in twenty nineteen. yeah oh, they don't worry about Chris Jones and the Super Bowl. and we live in a very different world. And of course, <laughs> you know, as yeah. last year with Purdy. I mean, like injuries they're they're everything. It completely changes yeah. everything. So health is always, always important,
0: yeah, one hundred percent. um all right. so uh, here's 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 the question um do we want to get into the one sort of you know touchy subject that's not actually related to how any how any of the players played now or do we want to get into that later
1: <laughs> we can do it now because i All think right. it's good to so no crypticism <laughs> the officiating was bad it was really was bad. bad it was and, and, not, well, and not
0: just one-sided it was bad yeah. like the whole game like bad bad yeah yeah Go yeah ahead.
1: so that's the first thing i feel like we should say is this is not like a The officials hosed the Niners, and if it wasn't for them, they'd have won. I think the Niners also, like, very, like, equally got away with some stuff. It was just, like, poor officiating all around. It was a ridiculous crew, really. Like, completely (laughs) unaware of, like, stuff half the time. But I think the big play is the personal foul, unnecessary roughness on Deshaun Gibson. That was a, like... That's one of those calls that they make now that is just like every time they do it, you look at it and you're like, you can't just, you can't like make a call on the field just because it looked kind of bad. Yeah. And you like, you don't know what actually happened, but it's like, oh yeah, like he hit him and we don't want that. So that's a penalty. (laughs) Completely clean hit. Yep. Niners win the game if it's not called. But, you know, not to like, say that officiating did everything like your t- defense who wants to be the best in the league shouldn't have like one penalty allowed let them then like allow like five yards then another questionable holding and then like 20 yards on a run right like you should be able to to seal up after then then there's the pj walker fumble that was a fumble. It's ju- it just was a fumble. I, just, a I fumble. don't understand how it wasn't a fumble. So, so that's a fumble that they called an incomplete pass. And if they called it a fumble, which is the crazy thing, those types of plays you call a fumble on the field, mm-hmm. then you review and you're like, oh, maybe it's incomplete. I don't know how you call it incomplete on the field. I
0: don't know. Any person it a fumble, was no, there was nobody, no, none of those officials could have possibly seen that happened live. Like, this yeah. is no way. <laughs> it's just like so, the, I mean, the guy who called it came in from like the other side of the field. I'm like, how? How did? How did he see it? Like, he, he's blocked by nine people. Like, there's no possible way that guy saw them who's like came in and like, no, it was incomplete. I'm like, what? <laughs> uh Yeah. So yeah.
1: that's that's no good. That, I mean, that changes the game also. But yeah. I mean, we can think about. There are probably some. Penalties that could have been called against the 49ers as well. They're just not these, like, big moments because, A, we're, like, Niners fans. So we (laughs) remember the penalties that seemed to be the most egregious in one way. But, I mean, they almost, they, like, almost hosed the Browns out of a first down, like, twice. Just very, like, very weird officiating. So it was consistent throughout the, like, I think the week, too you hate to see it because i think it completely like the game was sloppy a trillion different ways and it didn't mm. help that like the officials also called the penalty at way too many times just mm. kind of like hijacked the game and what could have been a very like entertaining matchup turned into a very sloppy one
0: for sure um i think i saw jennifer lee chan who writes for nbc sports bay area said said something about like if the official has to come out and say uh (laughs) something like to the effect of you know like when he said when he got the ambry thomas face mask and he called it on on in favor of Mm -hmm. the 49ers and he had to come back on the mic and say uh i apologize or something like that like to that extent like like you never want your 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 referee coming on the microphone and being like hey look uh so we, we 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 had a conversation about it and we sorry about that like we messed that up I'm like had a conversation about what like what what did, <laughs> i don't understand um yeah i mean the the conversations of course continue to be like you you have cameras everywhere there's there's constantly like mul- eyes on top of eyes on top of eyes on these things it's not like it would take forever to check these to check these types of things very quickly especially in like in that type of situation with the ambry thomas thing where it's like somebody's watching that somebody should be able to call down to the field and say dude you got it wrong and then you don't have to get on the mic and and say that like before you announce it like for clarification like i mean look um they do these kinds of things in in like professional soccer in the higher level leagues and all that kind of stuff with with video assistant refereeing and it's a terrible system as well but it's pretty quick for the most part. Like, and there's somebody else, like, whose job it is in each match to like watch the video really quickly. If there's a situation, looks at it, goes, "Okay, no, we're good." Like, continue to move on, or says, "Hey, you actually official at the match. You need to go look at it and make a different and see if you would come to a different conclusion." I don't know. Like, if you think about the the Gibson hit, like, there's there's clear and obvious like angles that we have with like the drone with like the spider cam that's floating through the, through the stadium. Like we have five and six different angles of every play that happens. And it just doesn't make any sense. Like how some of that, something like that couldn't be. And I know obviously within the rules right now, it's not allowed, but how something like that couldn't be like an easy, Hey, actually go look at that again. Cause I'm not really sure that you got it. Right. I think you're reacting to the sort of violence of the collision and are not recognizing the fact that, Oh, actually the receiver and this happens a lot too, like the receiver actually ducked his head, which is kind of why the collision looked like it hit him in the head when he didn't actually hit him in the head and hit him in the shoulder. I I think I referred to it as uh, shades of Ahmad Brooks on drew breeze all those years ago. If you remember that, that play where Mm -hmm. breeze ducks his head and then his head kind of bounces and it looked like Brooks got him in the head, but really it was because breeze was, Shorter and because he put his head down and it made it look look work worse than it was. And I, that was a very similar kind of thing to me. So I don't know. Um, <laughs> there's probably not any reason for the NFL to do it because people keep paying attention. Um, but it also makes for some bad kind of product from time to time. And if you if you if you lose a, a game like this or if a game gets sort of turned and again, as you said, I'm right there with you. It's not like the Niners lost because <laughs> because the refs, you know, screwed them over or anything like that. But, you know, it can be true that, yes, the 49ers played well, plays poorly and didn't deserve to win. But also, if you take away that to Sean Gibson penalty or if you correctly call that um, that fumble, because if if they did what you said and they just let it play out, Nick Bosa scored. Right. He picked it up mm-hmm. and was smart enough to run into the end zone. Now whether or not they allow him that continuation or whatever, but they they played it to the whistle through the end of the play, then they would have. And that changes the whole complexion of the game right there. Like, you know, does does it change what Cleveland has to do on both offense and defense? I don't know. Um if they're down by uh, if they're down by what what would it would have been by ten points going into halftime at that particular juncture as opposed to three, that changes things a little bit and probably the entire complexion of the game. I don't know. It's just it just ruined things a little bit again the 49ers didn't play well enough to win i think that's pretty straightforward but also could use a little like those two plays stick out to me for sure as like the biggest things that they didn't get to turn around and, and fix in the browns case you talk about like that qb sneak that the the, <laughs> the officials obviously missed in real time and they forced them to have to use a challenge and all that kind of stuff but they they were able to get that right the other ones they didn't were not able to get right so that's the thing that bothers me obviously from our perspective
1: yeah, I mean that's the main thing is I think, you know, whereas the Browns kind of had the benefit of their plays being like like their issues being resolved, the really big ones, the Niners didn't. But I mean that's the the end thing as we're saying is that the Niners didn't play well enough to win. And therefore, you know, if even like sometimes, you know, as a good team, you you can you have to like eat these like breaks and deal with it. And it just goes back to like what I was saying. If you're the best defense in the NFL, like you want to be, Tassan Gibson's like penalty does not mean that the Browns should score on that play. You, you played, you got him to third and ten before you can do it again. And I mean, yeah, then there was also the really bad like defensive holding on Mooney Ward, but mm-hmm. it still stands. I mean, like, there's no reason why. That should have suddenly like completely tore apart your defensive like yeah. defensive success.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um. Well, there we go. I'm glad we got that <laughs> out of the way. Um. All right. So, Akshay's. Do. Are there any positives to take away from this game? Did you have any like, any things where you're like, yeah, that was good. Like, hey, we learned a positive thing about this team, or further cemented a positive thing. Do we have an, Do we have any ups for this this one? I. I had a really hard time like thinking about it, but I suppose there was something, right?
1: So the really small one that I'll just like mention in passing is that you know Brock Purdy played horribly. He left like probably like 14. He the offense left like 20 points on the field if just like three passes are completed. So it was like not a good game at all. But you know when he needed to get them in field goal range he got Jake Moody a 41 yard field goal to win the game. So, I think the question was, "Oh, can Brock Purdy actually like get a team to win a game if he's from behind?" And I mean, the answer is, to me, the answer was yes. Like that is something he can yeah. do. And that's that's huge. That's like that's you want these experiences for your young quarterback. But the real guy, the only like positive I saw was Randy Gregory. I thought he was phenomenal in his limited snaps. And he, like, proved – he, like, instantly proved to me why he needs to be, like, the full-time defensive end opposite Bosa. He finished with a sack, a couple tackles for loss. He was explosive. His length really popped on the field. And, I mean, he added an element to this 49ers pass rush that was necessary as the Browns were kind of, you know, quick playing it, as they were – as things were, like, getting difficult as the Browns offense was kind of getting these runs going, he was that, he was kind of that bright spot. So really like Gregory's play, that's something they can definitely build on as he gets more accustomed to the playbook.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I had um, Gregory as a, as a definitely an up for sure. Um, And then, you know, I I think we'd be remiss remiss if we didn't mention, you know, Fred Warner, who I thought played pretty well for the most part. I think the, the whole defense obviously struggled, Um, in certain circumstances. And I think, as I mentioned earlier, that he really missed the presence of Dre Greenlaw next to him. But obviously that, that interception where it looked like PJ Walker was throwing the ball to him, you know, early in the game. Which is another moment that you're looking at and you're going, oh, gosh, like, why didn't he try harder to score there? Like, that would have been really nice if he had done that. Um, If he had scored a touchdown there, that probably changes the entire, you know, face of things. But, uh, you know, I think played pretty well other than that as well. Um, You know, he's just he was not it wasn't like as spectacular a showing as it was against Dallas, but. Ah, uh, two straight weeks with an interception now, um, and just continues to be a force in the middle of the field. Um and then, you know, kudos as well to Diomedo Lenoir, who I thought um held his own pretty well over there on the other side of the field, um opposite uh, Treverus Ward. Uh, he had an interception that looked like it was going to be the 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 major turning point in the game as well. um, and then to to get that ball as close as he did to to scoring was also another uh, important thing. So, two more interceptions for this defense, two more uh, sacks, one from uh, Gregory, as you mentioned, and then one from Nick Bosa. That was, that one was something else too. Cause it, he just like slipped right through in between two offensive linemen and was probably very surprised that he was as uh, allowed to run freely at the quarterback and was able to get there. That was that time when you're like, okay, the defense seems to be, seems to recognize that they're going to need to win this game because the offense is struggling. And, they almost got there, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm right there with you. I'm not sure that there's a whole lot else um, positive to think about. Um, the Brock Purdy thing, as you noted, was was certainly good um, in in some respects. In that, it makes you feel better to know that he's not the guy that's just going to keep cycling and cycling and like and before you know it, he's like completely gone. Like as poorly as he played, as you mentioned, to to kind of and especially the way that the drive before that two minute drive went, where. Oh. That was just like, whew, huh? um, that was a, just a mess. Obviously, between the, the the intentional grounding call on on first down, and then that forced them to have to, have to throw more passes and all that kind of stuff. And it, um, I think, I saw Shanahan mention today that the the re- he had he the intention was not to throw three passes there, um, but they missed a there was a, a a missed read based on the coverage that was given. Um, I'm not sure. I think the ball was supposed to go to IU kind of hot read off the play and it didn't happen. I'm not sure who did the wrong thing in that particular case. And obviously Brock was kind of left out the dry with the way that the, the, the pressure came, had to make a play, didn't get it where it needed to go. And then was forced to throw two more passes because they're now way behind the sticks. And so that for so to become to come back after a drive like that and go, OK, well, you know, what, you know what? We need points right now and we're going to get them um, and. He did, and he did his job, and uh, unfortunately, it was left uh, unfulfilled. Um, so that's that's you know trying to be positive about this as much as possible, I suppose.
1: And with that, Sid, let's turn into our reason
0: for disappointment.
1: <laughs> and I already talked about this with you. So five minutes, uh, here then we go. I'll yep. stop. Go. But Look. For those of you who have been listening to us for the last like five months or so, ever since the draft, I um as you know, I thought the Jake Moody selection was one of the dumbest picks this team has ever made in its entire franchise history for taking a
0: kicker in the third round. And and I should now, also say what you said on the podcast was way nicer than what you said to me about it off the yes, air. So. This is true.
1: Yes. I um what's it call my 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 on, it? I I pulled my punches. He did
0: he did a little bit yeah.
1: And um, I think what I mentioned on air was Jake Moody has to be perfect to justify this pick, and even then it's not justified. But that's the bare minimum for him because he's a third round like kicker. That's absurd, and this team could have used another corner, an offensive lineman. Maybe a safety, maybe a linebacker, maybe another defensive lineman. I mean, there's a trillion places you can invest in and you draft a kicker. So when he misses two field goals in the game, the 49ers lose by two. And most importantly, misses the game winner. That's obviously going to be what I'm talking about. And I understand kicking is hard, right? Like I'm not, I well, okay. For me.
0: No, it probably I is. To, it's really hard. If,
1: if I had to walk out there and kick a field goal, that ball is going maybe. Well, it's going backwards because someone's going to block end. it, I'm hitting somebody's <laughs> back end. <laughs> That's not
0: hitting the so. long step or in the butt is what I was going <laughs> if it goes that far.
1: So, look, I'm not. I'm not sitting here saying I can like do his job better than him, and he's done relatively well, but. He was drafted for those moments and he, he dropped the ball and the Niners said the like the team did all the proper things, you know, they're like, no, it's not on him. This, you know, as a team, we, we like win and lose together. We he shouldn't have been in that position to begin with. We should have played better. We should have scored more touchdowns. We shouldn't have let them score. We trust him. We believe in him, yada, yada, yada. It doesn't change the fact that like, Your rookie kicker had a chance to win the game, make this ugly, ugly game where your offense got exposed and your defense got exposed into a win, into a learning experience. Or you can just think about, like, what the Eagles had up until this loss to the Jets. There was a lot of, like, bad, bad wins that they just, you know, kick a game-winning field goal here, get a defensive stop there. And, you know, we can talk about quality of win all you want, but you are what your record says you are. but for him missing both kicks is they were at the most pivotal point of the points of the game too, which is what makes it all the more like disappointing, concerning, whatever adjective you want to use. The first kick is right after that Fred Warner interception you mentioned. And that is, it's hard to say, but if you read my game grades, you'll know that I mentioned this in that article that, If there could be like a moment where the game could be won or lost already in the first quarter, that might've been that moment because if you get a touchdown there, so not to put it on Moody, but if you get a touchdown and it's 14, nothing, that's a really difficult spot for the Browns to be in already out of the gate. Then your offense kind of can set the pace of the game. The the Browns have to kind of play to how you want to play. So the offense messed up there. First of all, they Mm -hmm. went backwards, but on top of that, like again, you get your really good third round kicker, the guy who you thought was better to take than like a bunch of quality quality players who can be st- impact players in the league at non-kicker positions, and he he pushes it. So that's not. He said that that one got it impacted by the wind. He thought he hit it well. I don't know how like kickers decide how to kick balls. That's not really like <laughs> this is not my area of expertise. But all I know is either the officials put their hands up or they sh- they cross it out. And that was no good. And that allowed the Browns to kind of get momentum first of all from like stopping the Niners when the game is into balance and it gives them a short field. They missed their own field goal. So technically no harm. But 10 nothing there is a big deal. And then of course the game winner 41 yards is um, is of it's not a chip shot, but you can't miss that. That's just, that's just the thing. You can't miss a 41-yard game winner. If it's like 52 and he's just a little off, yeah, that sucks. I'd probably be saying the same thing anyway, but it would be, like, tempered with, like, the realization of it's a hard kick. You know, I don't know – like, there's no guarantee that Robbie Gold makes that kick. But yeah. Robbie Gold is who you're going to have to compare him to, right? And Gold, for all, like, his inability to basically kick the ball if it was, like, past 45 yards, he makes this kick, right? I think yeah. we can safely say he makes this kick and the Niners are 6-0. and So, you know, I don't know. I think most everything else in this game can be chalked to Weather was bad. Browns played really well. Niners were kind of overconfident at some important positions. Guys were hurt. You lose a game. Sometimes things don't go your way. And most of those things will kind of correct themselves, right? The defense probably won't allow a team missing their starting quarterback, starting running back, and like best offensive linemen, two best offensive linemen to get as many yards as they do. They'll be a little more prepared. The Niners offense won't go through like It's worst stretch ever under Kyle Shanahan. Those, I don't like see as issues per se, because like you mentioned earlier, the Browns defense is really, really good. And the difference between them and any other defense in the NFL, they're really, really good everywhere. They're not just really, really good at the defensive line and the linebackers like the Niners are, or just a defensive line for the Cowboys or defensive line and kind of secondary for the Eagles. They have, a super athletic secondary, a super athletic linebacker group, and one of the top three edge rushers in the NFL and Smith, and their defensive tackles absolutely dominated up front. Yeah. So, you know, that's um those are all like this is a really good defense that had the Niners number, and that happens. Sometimes that just happens. What I can't say will be different is Moody making or missing these kicks. Because mm. I don't know if like he can do it. And this is just the reality, right? He missed that. He had a terrible start to preseason. He's made all his kicks now, but none of them have looked particularly good, right? He somehow kicked the ball out of bounds on kickoffs twice, which like is unheard of to happen in a season. There's a lot that's not going right with this selection already. And it's getting washed over because they don't have to worry about it because they were winning 42-10 against the Dallas Cowboys. Like, why? Who cares that your kicker isn't doing 100%. But, like, like I've been saying, it's not about them winning or losing these games now. It's about them being able to win or lose when you get to the get to the Super Bowl, get to the NFC Championship game, and maybe you're in Philly and you got to kick a field goal then or your offense is really struggling like it was now. And you have to get points on the board somehow. Yeah. Right. That's, that's why you're here. That's why they selected you in the third round and he dropped the ball. So, I mean, I thought the entire team was disappointing today, but that was, that was um, only one guy had the chance to, to make it all, all right at the end. And, Jake
0: Moody just didn't get it done. True, I mean Brandon, and I could have kept running and scored a touchdown. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I mean he could have. That was a weird. That was a weird play. Like that was one. That Greg Olson. I finally can hear what people are saying. Um, Greg Olson was like very surprised that the Browns didn't try to tackle him and just kind of let him keep running on that play. But um, yeah, I mean, I mean I'm right there with you. It's 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 certainly disappointing and. Um, and it changes the whole conversation well it doesn't change the whole conversation it changes some of the conversation uh around this game for sure um and it is concerning for sure and and you gotta hope that uh it's not a not a long a sign of things to come um and that you know it was just a, a bad day at the office for everybody and it was just one of those things where everybody was having a bad day and they'll figure it out um I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. It's it's not it's not been it's the the third round draft pick situation at this point is not looking too super, super good for the 49ers. Obviously, between Moody, who's been fine up until this point, but this is really like shining a big, big old light on him. Um, And then obviously the fact that Cameron Latu is not on the active roster and is probably going to be missing the entire season with it. An injury, yes, but also the fact that they probably felt like he wasn't ready to go anyway. So they're probably like, like, okay, well, at least, you know, we have the opportunity to to take to to not risk it at this point. So um, obviously the kicker thing is concerning. Um, I I think uh, you alluded to kind of my there's there's a lot of directions the bad can go. But for me, it was the the couple of, of missed opportunities to to add points. Um, at various, various sections of the game, obviously not being able to get points on that Fred Warner interception, um, because the offense partially, mostly because the offense went backwards. I think if the offense doesn't go backwards, maybe that's a different conversation. Um, and if I remember correctly at that particular point in the game, the, that was about when the weather was, was looking the worst was early on in the, the mid port of the second, the second quarter, or that, whatever that was that was or early in the game was when the weather was kind of the, the weirdest. But um, also you think about that long pass where that Purdy made a really good throw with pressure in his face. Um, and I just missed it. Like it just went off his hands. And if he catches that ball, I don't know if he scores on that play necessarily, but probably gets pretty close to it if he's able to catch it. Um, at least put them in a position to to score and they don't end up scoring there um and then i think the biggest one is the they kept they get a false start or a, sorry a, a, an offsides on the browns and christian mccaffrey being the smart guy that he is uh turns his choice route up the field and completely fools the defensive back and just keeps on running and Purdy, being the smart guy that he is season and he just overthrows him. And again, if he hits him in stride, he's 100% scoring, like absolutely no doubt in my mind. Um so what's that that's at least maybe 10 points right there at the very minimum, maybe 14 more points. Um and those are just there were a f- couple of times when things broke down on the the Browns off on Browns defense because that's ha- that happens with the, with all units and all football teams, right? Um, and you have to take advantage of them. And I just didn't really think outside of the first drive that the Niners really took advantage of those opportunities uh, to be like, okay, well, they just, they did something. Oh, here's a penalty coming. Well, let's chuck it down the field. Easy touchdown if he just makes the, just makes a, a better throw. And, you know, Purdy was definitely off his game for the majority of this. So it kind of all connects with it. But the frustrating part is that's not all his fault, right? Like the the one to McCaffrey definitely is. The one to Ioke, I think, is was like an excellent throw. Um, especially under the circumstances, and Brandon Ike's got to be better there, for sure.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think we can extend this to the defense, too. You know, Fred Warner scoring on that interception. Um, I think the huge one is um, Oren Burks to Sean Gibson in the end zone when P.G. Mm -hmm. Walker throws the ball. That should have been an interception. I think, supposedly, Gibson might have like hit the ball away from Burks, which, you know, tough luck, you kind of, you want your defenders to be aggressive there. So, you know, you're not really going to blame Gibson for that play, but that's a huge one. There were a couple other opportunities for some big plays. We've talked about the fumble that was called an incomplete pass. So, you know, just all around, like all credit to the Browns, right? Let's, let's not like, say like make this seem as though we're saying ah they got lucky no 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 this is like a fantastic defense they completely had the niners under wraps but you know part of it is that the niners didn't take advantage when they could and what goes from and this is true even when the niners were dominating the cowboys you know you have a couple slip-ups and the difference between a good day or a bad day is that when the slip-ups happen do people take advantage of them or not so It's frustrating because I think you saw a team really struggle like they haven't you normally, but you also saw the like places where they could like make it work where, you know, some of these plays they've hit more often than they don't, or they have this year. And just today, I don't know what it was. Purdy was really off. Ayuk was also a little off. He let a lot of yards out there on the field, which is like kind of the issue. We talked about how good Brandon Ayuk is and he's phenomenal. He's probably like a top ten receiver in the NFL right now. But the reason he's not the upper upper echelon is that there's this final bit of consistency from him that's just missing. Mm-hmm. Where you know he should be like a couple of those catches are the difference between. Well, also like a lot of other things, but like thematically, they're the difference between like him and Devonte Adams.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. I think that's that's certainly fair. Um. And he. That was what got him in trouble at the start of his career, right? As he just wasn't. There were things that Shanahan was looking for that he wasn't getting from him. Um, that was really in his second year because he he kind of had to play him as a rookie because that was the COVID season, and they just kept dropping players, and he ended up playing, I think, a lot more than Shanahan would have otherwise have used him uh, as a rookie just for for non playing skill reasons just because there was other stuff going on as we learned in the early part of his second year, but he's really blossomed into a great receiver and you don't want to like knock him completely. Um, still ended up having a, a pretty good game. Uh, not uh, nearly as consistent as uh, he's been at other points throughout this, this year um, ends up with four catches for 76 yards, but he was targeted 10 times. Um, and so that's, that's not a good sort of return on in, on investment there. Uh, and certainly something you'd want to see better from from him moving forward. And I think he would say the same thing. Um, and obviously, not having Debo out there as like his running mate, I think collapses some of the the tension on him. Uh, and not to mention the fact that they didn't even look George Kittle's way. But but twice throughout the entire game, he had one catch for one yard um, on the on the day, and that just can't like get like you don't anticipate losing two key players in your offense and you have to figure out how to work Ray McLeod in there as like the Debo replacement, which he is certainly not up, up for in Jordan Mason as good and as hard of a runner as he is. He's not the same player as McCaffrey is by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but that's why you have an all pro tight end on top of that. So you can kind of take some of that off and you have to wonder how much of that is, continuing, you know, helping with protection things as well, because, you know, the quality of the Browns' defensive line, and we know that's been something that that Shanahan's done in the past, where he's like, well, look, Kittle is not only my best receiving tight end, but he's also my best blocking tight end, and he tends to maybe overuse him in that particular regard uh, in circumstances like that, but, I mean, a lot of things. This is just sort of a a perfect storm of all bad things happening and underperforming, injuries at a bad time, um missed opportunities all that kind of stuff just kind of coming together and that's how you lose to a team that you're probably better than on the whole but um when it when it mattered which was the the top performing offense in at least in the nfc versus the top defense po- probably in the nfl um the the defense won on this particular day and that, those are things that ha- happened and um just got to hopefully, hopefully it becomes a lesson and a loss to, to kind of bring us back to your point, um, from earlier. So that's, uh, it's, it's the way it goes. And it's unfortunate. Um, I didn't, you know, I had, I had no, no qualms of thinking that they were going to finish this season 17 and zero, but it would have been nice to get to the bye week you know, unscathed, uh, for sure. But nonetheless, uh, we trudge on and we'll, uh, we'll get to the Minnesota game later in the week. Uh, that is Monday night football in Minnesota. uh, so we'll uh, we'll talk about more of that later on. But um, Akshay, has any final thoughts before we wrap up this episode?
1: I guess the overarching kind of idea is just you know this sucked. It was not a fun game. It's a game they <laughs> should have won and they didn't. And they talked a lot. I think that's the biggest thing I found kind of funny is that the Niners were they were talking a lot in that game and they ended up getting beat. And you know. I think it's easy as fans to sometimes get so excited about our own team, we don't realize that, you know, sometimes they they can get a little overamped about themselves. I just think overall it's a long season. And this is a game that you always would rather say, wow, we played terribly, but we won. This is like this is how we fix things. But no harm, no foul. If you have to lose a game, you lose it to an AFC team. have to lose a game you lose it the same week that like the seahawks (laughs) lose the eagles lose does it like suck that now they're basically pulled down to i don't want to say pulled down to the lions level but you know like it becomes a three-team race as opposed to a two-team race yeah yeah that's no fun but they'll they'll survive so yeah nothing nothing
0: and, hey, still technically the number one seed of the season ended right now. So there's that.
1: Exactly. So exactly.
0: There's there's my bright side to end on um, <laughs> in spite of this very ugly um, game that I would uh, like to forget about now and uh, move on from. So there we go. All right. Uh, well, thanks for uh, listening to this episode of the Niner Noise podcast, part of the Fan sided Podcast Network. Uh, please continue to check out NinerNoise.com for all your latest 49ers news and analysis probably less about this game said the better at this juncture but there you go and be sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen and of course share it with all your fellow 49er fan friends so until next time let's sound the horn 49ers